Today, we spoke with Kat Barron about her journeys with self-love. Kat's a regular member of the Awkwardly Zen community. She's been a presenter at several events and will be starting a monthly meetup group on the topic of self-love starting in September. For more information on this and to see other events, you can visit awkwardlyzen.com. It's also a great place to find community. There are all sorts of groups spanning a number of topics there. We'd love to see you. It's a great way to network, a great way to learn about what's happening in the spiritual community as a whole. And again, you can visit awkwardlyzen.com, and in short order here, you should be able to search for the Awkwardly Zen app in the iOS and Google Play stores. Also wanted to mention that Kat is a published author who writes about a number of development and spiritual topics. You can find her work on Amazon.com by searching for Kat Barron. That's B-A-R-R-O-N. While we are talking about community, I want to give a shout out to Jason Analek, also known as Akasha Man. Spirit Road's excited to be a part of the Awkwardly Zen media community with Jason and his podcast, Authentically Akashic. You can hear about it on their website or by going directly to akashaman.com. Jason's a wonderful guy, entertaining speaker. He always has great insights and provides guidance both through his reflections and his experiences with reading the Akashic Records. He's a presenter for Awkwardly Zen and also hosts a monthly meetup there as well. And before we jump into the talk, I also wanted to mention that you can contact myself and Lori by emailing spiritroadpodcast at gmail.com. At the time of this recording, we are hosting weekly meetup discussions through Awkwardly Zen as well. We host an open format, and the topic changes weekly based on what gets shared by members and what's going on in the spiritual community as a whole. We'd love to see you there. And again, this information is on the Awkwardly Zen website. And with that, let's jump into today's show. Welcome to Awkwardly Zen Presents Spirit Road, a podcast about our spiritual journey where we can be awkwardly ourselves. It's a path that can be funny, absurd, enlightening, and life-changing all at the same time. Join us as we explore this mysterious world and life we live in. I'm Tim Behrens. I'm Laurie Hewitt. And, and this, this is, is Spirit Road. Road. Today, I'm so excited because we have my friend Kat here, who will be talking with us, answering questions, and just having some fun with us. Welcome, Kat. Hello. It's great to be here with you, too. Yeah. Hey, Tim. Hey there. It's good to see you. Yeah. So we could just jump right in. We were talking about the topic of self-love and also how you are going to be doing a somewhat regular meeting through Awkwardly Zen with that as a topic. And so that might be a fun place to to start. Like what brought you to, obviously, I know that we all have an interest in that, but what is it that brought you to that topic and wanting to host a group or that? Well, um, my daughter just celebrated her 29th birthday. And Congratulations. Thank you. And when she was born, I realized that if I were going to love her the way I wanted to love her, I was going to have to learn how to love myself. Because up until then, I'd been self-critical almost as a point of pride like like it was a good thing to hate myself and a good thing to be critical and put myself down all the time 
and also uh, protective of me so that other people would feel sorry for me and like, oh, she already knows she's terrible. So, you know, don't, don't beat her up. Right. And I realized that that kind of orientation to my life wasn't going to work if I was going to give my daughter the, the love that I wanted to give her in the life of confidence and love and unconditional love. So I started studying self-love and unconditional love. So what is self-love? How do you define that? How do we know if we have it? It's a lot of things. And I think people have different definitions, but here's my definition. It's holding yourself sacred. It's having a reverence for yourself and your life. It's giving yourself a break, allowing yourself to make mistakes and knowing that you have your own back. So even when you do make mistakes or anything, you actually say, I, I mean, I actually say, I love you. Like, even when you are messing up, I love you. It's being supportive of yourself. It's looking at yourself in the mirror and meeting your own eyes and loving that person. And to me, it, it's feeling worthy of connection, worthy of all of the good things in life, you know, that you just want the best for yourself. Like, and another good way to think of it is think of somebody that you love and adore. We all have somebody. How do you feel when you love them? Do you feel that same way about yourself? And if not, wouldn't it benefit you to feel that way about yourself? I hear a lot of people saying they're their own worst critic. Why? <laughs> you are the one person in the world that you will spend your entire life with. Why not be your own best supporter, your own best lover? All of these things, like give yourself everything that you want. Why I, is I, that so hard for us? Yeah, that's a good question. I even hearing that, why am I my own worst critic? I don't think I've ever really thought about it that way. Um, I've had that awareness of that inner voice, that that critical voice that tells me often that the things I'm I'm doing are are not worthy of being in the world in different ways. And just trying to get to maybe the root of where that comes from, even thinking about the mirror that you you mentioned, um, I've done the exercise of looking in the mirror and saying, I love you. And it feels very difficult, not so difficult when you express it for people that you adore in your life. But when doing it in a mirror, there's something strange, almost like you need permission in some sense to be able to feel that for yourself. Um, or there's this giant butt in the air. I love you, but you really missed the mark on this in some way or another, that constant tape that plays in our head. What would you say, do you have tools and things that you've worked with that have helped you overcome that inner voice? Yes, absolutely. Um, one thing I want to say is when I heard you say the butt, that just hurt my heart. Yeah. Like, doesn't it, that's so painful to finish the sentence, I love you, and then add a butt. no. <laughs> like I want to erase that word from people. And also I wanted to add that I think the, these voices start when we're very little, you know, we absorb the messages of the society around us. I mean, if you just pay attention to advertising, it's all telling us we're not okay. We're not good enough. And then even like the little magazines children play with, we're looking for the thing that's different or the thing that's wrong. That's like how we train our brains is to always look for things that are bad or wrong. 
and to be judgmental. So like, how do we overcome these voices? Yeah. Well, so I think mirror work is something that needs to be done on a regular basis, like do it 30 days in a row and become friends with that person in the mirror. Like it might feel awkward at first. And then also I love you. And I think you're great. I love you. And then look for all the things that you love about yourself. Like look for the miracle and the magnificence in you. And I am a big fan of writing love letters to myself or oh, just like writing that. like love notes that I put up so that I see it and remind, like right now I have this note right here that says what I offer in the world is valuable. I want to remember that. I have notes like that everywhere. <laughs> just, and I think we all need that reinforcement because we always get negative reinforcement from around in the world. Uh, whether we're whether we watch TV or not, we hear it when we walk through the grocery store. You know, even standing at the gas station now, they play messages that are you know constantly telling us we need something else to be okay. Uh, we need to make ourselves different, and so we have to constantly give ourselves messages, or not constantly, but you know, regularly give ourselves messages that that we are okay, that we are valuable the way we are, we are enough. You know, and not too much either. I, I find myself sometimes trying to fit myself in this little band of not too much and enough so that like uh, when I get really excited about something, sometimes I feel like you need to tone it down. You know, you're too much right now. And it's like, no, tone it up. <laughs> Be too much. Let yourself get out of this cage this prison of your, your, you know, that we trap our personalities. And we, we, as we grow up into adults, we, we learn to behave properly. We're polite. And when we should be standing up and screaming, sometimes we're polite. And when we should be thrilled and jumping up and down, we're just sitting there smiling. It's like to release the energy that's naturally flowing through us. To me, that's love. That's letting our life force flow. So all of these things, movement, movement is a great way to find yourself back into your body and into self-love, which also, as I'm thinking about it, self-love is being alive in your body and in your life. So dancing around the living room. and Definitely dancing around the living room, hugging people, all of that is you know, the things that connect you to the life force. You know, the dancing is an interesting one for me because I always hid behind a guitar growing up and, and there was something very comforting about that. But when it came to being in musical places with people who were moving so freely, I never really allowed myself to do that. It was immediately just being self-conscious and thinking about how I would be perceived by others and not wanting to look like a fool in different ways. And, and just in recent times, I, I've discovered ecstatic dance, and uh, which is very much moving in ways that feel comfortable and in safe spaces with people who are very allowing of that. And it's been fun. And I found myself dancing at home a lot and just realizing, like you say, that movement is such it's an energetic thing. It's a release. It's uh, it's play. And I want to find a way to take that joy that I can find in the comfort of my own home and be able to do that in the world without 
fear of judgment and just allow myself to be me. So I, I feel like maybe that's another part of self-love too, is just self-acceptance as well, that not worrying so much about how others, how others react to me, but allowing them to react in whatever the ways they will and being my own best friend through all of that. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I was going to ask when you started talking about being self-conscious with dance, if you'd ever tried ecstatic dance, I think that's something that totally would benefit everyone because that level of freedom in your body is such a beautiful thing and giving ourselves permission to just to be with the music, to flow with other people around and to allow ourselves to be in spaces where there is acceptance and non-judgment. It's such a gift. I've noticed too that when I see other people doing those things, there's no judgment from me. It's like, I find joy in seeing them do these things. And so why is it that I can't allow myself to have that, that joy as well? Um, You mentioned writing love letters. I think a lot about this idea of asking myself when I'm moving through a hard situation, if it was my best friend that was moving through that situation, what would I say to them? And what am I saying to myself right now? And how is that different and and why? I love that. Support yourself like you would your best friend. How, How would you walk differently in the world if you had that support from yourself? I can see people just happily dancing down the road. I have a friend who gets so excited when she sees plants. She just goes right up to plants and smells them and up to trees and like, She just lets everything move through her and excite her. And yeah, a lot of us don't allow ourselves that freedom to just be so vibrantly alive. Well, so many of the messages were to not do that. Settle down. Don't get so carried away. Be still. Be quiet. And it's overcoming those voices, I think, that for me were parental and saying, you know, that's not true anymore. I can be as loud as I want and exuberant as I want, and it's okay. But that wasn't allowed as a child. Yes, very. And also, I'm a mother, and I have the mom voice constantly going in my head, which is like, be careful, look out for everything that could go wrong. And so one of the things I'm working on is looking for everything that could go right, instead of the dangers and like allowing myself to not be carrying that burden of trying to control everything around me. We can't control what people think of us. We can't control how so many things go. Uh, I love the meme that says, relax, nothing is under control. (laughs) That's so true. And just let go. We don't have to control anything. We're just here to experience life. Yes. I try to remind myself that I'm not in charge that spirit's in charge and I'm here to pay attention and to follow. And if I think I'm in control, it's, it's a myth on my part. And I usually screw it up if I'm in control. One thing that comes up in in group discussions a lot is that idea of surrender. And and I I feel like I hear that as an undercurrent in, in this, that, that idea of really just letting go and allowing things to unfold in the way they will And that if we trust and love ourselves in the midst of that, that there's not much that we can't do. And, and, and I, I do feel like in some ways, sometimes 
the things that stand in the way of self-love are also maybe ego protecting us in the ways that it does saying, you know, if you don't, if you don't set your sights too high, you're not going to be disappointed. Um, if you don't take these risks, you're going to be safe. If you don't express these things that you're feeling passionately inside. You don't have to worry about judgment or ridicule or finding yourselves in awkward situations. Um, all of these little things that maybe are intended on some level to protect us, but that really keep us also from fully loving ourselves and being in the world in the ways that we would like to be. Yeah, because if you do all those things, you won't chase your dreams. You won't meet the love of your life. You won't create the life that you dream of and desire. I have these voices that when I'm feeling really good about myself and really loving myself, I have these voices, I think from family, probably from church people who say, oh, you're being vain. You're committing a sin. You're thinking too highly of yourself. You're being grandiose. How do you begin to move beyond those voices? Because clearly there's some part of me that still must agree with that. I mean, those voices are crabs in the bucket, right? <laughs> They're not going to let you crawl out. <laughs> and the part of you that accepts that is as true. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure that that's the authentic part of you, just your, so your programming. You know, so often we mm -hmm. live in our programming rather than in our authentic selves. Mm -hmm. So how do we get out of that programming? Well, first of all, you have awareness of it. You, you see it. Secondly, you have curiosity about it. Well, what's going on here, right? Mm -hmm. In the class I just took, the next step is relax your ass. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> <laughs> like if you're like focus on just relaxing and just and then the, the fourth step is open your legs because like we tend to sit so bound together right and just to like relax and let that flow through us and we can come home back more to ourselves like in our own space instead of letting the chattering monkeys inside of our head control how we feel I'm thinking there's a, a space of vulnerability too, of mm -hmm. allowing ourselves to be awkward frees us. Allowing mm -hmm. ourselves to be vulnerable and awkward. And one of my teachers has recommend, recommended doing at least one thing every day that you don't know how it's going to turn out. It could go great or it could go terrible. You don't know how it's going to turn out. Now, maybe once a day is a little much because you might not be able to think of that many things. But if you could think of even once a week doing something that you don't know how it's going to turn out and being okay with it, like it'll be good or it won't be. We'll see what happens. Either way, I know I love myself. And coming back into that vulnerable, soft heart of self-love that doesn't demand we're perfect, that doesn't demand we don't make mistakes. Like let ourselves make mistakes, let ourselves be awkward. Can I tell a quick story? Sure. Um, when my daughter was little, we would be watching a movie. And every time there was an awkward moment coming, she would go flying out of the room. Like I, she was not going to see awkward. And one day I realized I do that in my life. I could see an awkward moment coming and I would like not have the conversation. I would just back away and it's like, now I try to dive into the awkward because that's where all the funny is. 
that's where all the power is. That's where all the magic is, really. Like if you think about a movie, like a romantic comedy or something, it's in those awkward moments that the poignant, that the alive comes alive. This is a really good topic. It's a huge thing. And we can all talk about self-love and say that we're experiencing self-love. Oh, yes, I love myself. And I'm not sure, at least for me, it comes and goes. And at the core, I still, I'm becoming aware that I still listen to those voices that are telling me all those other things. I remember driving, I was still living in the Midwest and I was driving across the bridge going from one place to another and just looking at the bridge and looking at the way the light was shining. And suddenly I had this flash that feeling good about myself, feeling confident did not equal being vain and grandiose. And I was in my mid twenties at that point. And I thought, Oh my heavens, I've just now figured that out. I still lose parts of that, but it was this flash of understanding that I had misunderstood feeling good about myself with being vain, which I had been raised that that was not okay, that somehow that was a sin and you should not be vain. And so it's like coming back to that realization and holding on to that, that, yeah, it's okay to feel good about myself, to love myself. And I think a majority of folks walk around not having any idea what loving ourselves means and how to even do it. Yeah, when you think about it, when we're growing up, a lot of the goal is to control us. They want us to behave in a certain way. They want us to think in a certain way, mm-hmm. right? And the easiest way to control people is to tell them, if, if you don't follow this, then you're bad. We internalize that. And when you were talking about driving over the bridge, like that's a very visceral memory, right? You, you could feel yourself going over the bridge. Emotions get trapped in our bodies we carry our emotional body and like a scent sometimes will trigger an emotion from childhood or a song and so like we are often not even conscious of all that's going on in us that all of our programming and like somebody presses a button and boom there goes our programming and that's not who we're choosing to be that's just a automatic response right so just becoming aware of what's really going on for us. We can breathe into that feeling. We can uh, focus on that part of our body where we're feeling something like that and like breathe it and make it bigger so that we can take a look at like, what is going on here? As you're talking, what's occurring to me is that requires me to be conscious, to be conscious all the time. And what I'm realizing is how much of my life and maybe other people as well walk around on autopilot and we're not conscious. We get up at the same time. We have our routine. We don't even think about it. And if I have to stop and and try to explain my routine to somebody, I, I can't because suddenly it's like, wait, what? Because it breaks that automatic, just follow through, just that flow that happens. What I'm hearing is to really come to that place of self-love, I really have to be in a conscious place all the time. Or you could look at it as a practice and and say, there there may be times when I am more aware and others and and to keep coming back to it. I think that's been the challenge for me is that sometimes I will fall off that wagon of trying to be authentic in the world or trying to express my truth or trying to, to find joy with art and 
music and and the things that that I love without letting that inner critic get in in the way and something will happen to to throw me off and and it all just comes rushing back and the challenge is, is what do I do in those moments when when I've kind of lost that perspective what do I do to return myself to a place of self-love and acceptance and being me in the world and all of that so yeah, it's it. It seems like it's definitely a journey, and it's one that doesn't have an end. Where you're just like, "Oh, I've I've solved this. I am now a self-loving, self-contained force to be reckoned with in the world." It's like some days I get up, and it's just all I can do to get out of bed. And then, like, what do I do in those moments? Um, how do I how do I return to that place of supporting myself? That's so true, Tim. And an important facet of that is that to hold ourselves with compassion when we slip off where we want to be we do not get to a place and get to rest there it's i've heard it described as a spiral where you come around to the same things over and over at different levels that could be true um sometimes it's the up and downs that you know but that's life and so even at our worst we need to find compassion for ourselves like oh yeah i slipped again like if you think about a baby trying to learn to walk and they fall Nobody's yelling at them. You you were walking fine before. What's wrong with you now? Get it Nobody's together, baby. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need to do that to ourselves. You know, when we fall, eh, that means we're trying something. That means we're living as opposed to hiding and making ourselves small. We're going to mess up. We need to make it okay that we're going to mess up. We're going to say the wrong thing. We could have said something better. We're going to do the wrong thing because our judgment in moments isn't always the best. You know, we do the best we can and then we learn. There are so many wonderful things to contemplate in this. I mean, I can see how a monthly group would be so beneficial because there are so many things that come up around this topic. And and as, as we're kind of winding down, I wonder... One of you might take a minute to just kind of tell us what your what your vision for the group would be for these discussions. Also to maybe tell us a little bit about your writing and how this path is kind of fed into the books that you've written and maybe tell us where we can find those and anything else that you'd care to share about your journey. And So my passion is creating safe space for people to be their authentic selves. That is the thing that drives me, that thrills me. When I can work with somebody and give them the tools to love themselves and to be empowered in the choices they make in their lives, I love that. So my vision for the group is that there's a bunch of us doing that, like giving each other ideas of how to be more compassionate with ourselves, how to be more alive in our lives i envision us writing love letters to ourselves together in one group sharing them if we like because we can get good ideas from each other how do you love yourself what are the tricks you use what do you say when you look in the mirror like i will tell you almost every time i look in the mirror right now i smile at myself like total kindness smile i love you that is not something I did when I was younger. That's a practice I do. And I think it's a great idea because when you do that, it changes everything. So that's my vision for the group is just sharing those kind of ideas, uh, giving support and permission for people to love themselves. 
Uh, my books are are available on Amazon. Cat Baron. Uh, I've got Embracing Awkward, and that's a, that's a thirty year compilation of poems I've written about body image and fat acceptance and sexuality and all the awkward topics relationship. I feel like the more we talk about awkward topics, the more free we all feel to be ourselves. Like the more I express my authenticity, the more free you feel to express yours. And if we could just free each other up, we could have a much more loving world. Um, My other books are The Sexuality Reclamation Project for Women and The Companion Workbook. It's really the workbook, honestly, that goes with it that I love. That's what my upcoming workshop is going to be based on. I'm doing a Hold Yourself Sacred workshop for women. And we're going to go use the workbook to kind of go through into the different levels of how of self-acceptance and self-love and how do you really figure out what you really want instead of what society has told you you should want. So I do that and then I have some journals to write in. I personally love writing in journals. I write a journal all the time. That's how I know myself. That's how I connect. So that's just one tool. Well, thank you so much for being here with us. And that's been a wonderful conversation. And we very much look forward to next time. I'm really looking forward to your monthly group. Thank you. Thank you.